Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. Today, I am going to be sharing, um, it's a question that I get asked a lot. How do I choose a safe counselor or coach? I probably get asked this, this question in some form almost daily. And so I finally took the time to tackle this very, very big topic in a blog. And then I decided I was going to go ahead and do a podcast episode based on this as well, because I want to have multiple ways that this message is out there and available to people. But first, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. I just went to my website this morning and I did some updating. So you can now go to heatherelizabeth.org. And at the top on my homepage, you will see my blog, my link for my Held and Healed Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse group, and something brand new that I am launching on August the 1st, the Held and Healed Haven. So as our Held and Healed group has grown to over 2,600 people right now, uh, women, to this date, we have 2,600 women in that group. We need a place where we can go and have more of an intimate, um, smaller group setting and continue to hash out some of the topics that we, um, we kind of touch on and we scratch the surface on in the larger group. So in Held and Healed, every single day, I post anywhere from five to 10 posts. And these are just inspirational things that I see. These are my own personal musings. These are resources from some of my favorite advocates, authors, leaders in the abuse recovery realm. But sometimes we just want a place where we can go hang out with some ladies and talk through some of the realities of abuse recovery, some of the realities of what it's like when we're setting boundaries in relationships and we're learning to hold them, some of the realities about the truths that we are beginning to believe, replacing the lies that we believe for so long. And this is going to be a place where we do that. We also are going to focus a lot on mental health resources and on nervous system regulation. And each month I will have a guest interview that will be exclusive for this group. So you're going to get a lot of um, continued education. You're going to get a lot of equipping. You're going to get a lot of resourcing and then at least twice a month. And as the group gets bigger, we will do it more frequently. But to, to begin twice a month, we're going to do group coaching and that will alternate between Zooms and Facebook Lives. And that will be the opportunity for us just to come share our wins, our blessings, our bummers, our ups and our downs with each other, and then bring some of those real life issues, some of those things that we are facing, and just get a little bit of perspective and coaching and guidance, I guess, um, in just specifically how to walk out um, some of the, the challenges that we're facing. So that's brand new. It is a monthly membership. So my, um, my group held and healed as well as this podcast, these are all things that I do. My blog, these are things that I do just to serve the, um, the community, to be an advocate and not, but, and I still need to take care of my finances. I still need to keep my utilities on and I still need to put groceries on my table. So I do offer some things for um, fees because this is um, my livelihood. 
This allows me to be at home recovering from chronic illness. This allows me to work two or three hours a day and not have to leave my home and go to a job that I could not maintain because of my health um, limitations. So when you support any of my paid offerings, you are also supporting the sustainability and the longevity of me being able to pour into my groups. So just so you know that, um, I'm not apologizing. I pour probably three to four hours a day into the group and into um, messaging people and keeping up with um, things that come through. And there just needs to be some things that are paid offerings. So the Held and Healed Haven is a very um, reasonable membership, monthly membership fee. And when you are paying that, you can subscribe and unsubscribe at your um, leisure. You do not have to stay in forever. If you realize that you're just kind of busy and you're not really taking in the content, you're not taking advantage of, I've been part of groups like that. I've been part of groups where I sign up for them and I'm paying this membership fee, but I'm not actually consuming the content. And so then I'll just take a break until a time that I can devote more time. So I totally get that. But for those of you who are really desiring to go deeper, into the areas that this group will cover. If you're desiring a place where you can build some community with some women, et cetera, et cetera, Held and Healed Haven is going to be an amazing place. And every month you're going to have availability to content. You're going to have um, exclusive content that's just for this group. You're going to have um, the group coaching opportunities and the opportunity to build community, the opportunity to grow, to practice very practical ways of regulating the nervous system. I think my goal is that each month we will focus on a different nervous system regulation tip, tool, practice, so that as you come and go from the group, you will always be learning new ways to calm yourself and self-regulate. Super excited about that. I also have in my vault, um, in my archives, I have 12 Truths videos and boundaries, either group coaching or boundaries videos. Those are available for purchase at a very, very minimal fee. I offer the Rebuilding Finances course, and that is an entry level, um, still in the developmenting, uh, development process. Great opportunity if you are needing to learn about multiple income streams, if you want to learn about how to set up an Airbnb, if you want to learn how to set up a nonprofit, if you want to learn... Um, just about the importance of having more than one place, you know, that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. If you want to learn about choosing a business coach to help you learn how to do all the things. I am not a business coach, but I am putting together in this self-paced course, a place where you can come and learn about and get resources to do all these things. Um, we have already had an interview with my friend, April Shippey. Um, she is with Intentional Money Coaching, and that interview is exclusive for this group. And then I also reference a lot of Deborah Doak's materials because she's an incredible finance coach, especially for women who are going through high-conflict divorce. You will also see the registration for the upcoming retreat, which is here in Virginia, September 9 through 11. Please do not delay. We have limited space for that. And at this time, I think we have about 30 spots left, and that retreat will feature... Um, four other speakers, include, and plus myself, so Rebecca Davis, Joy Forrest, um, Faith Ingram, and Clara Hinton are coming to join me for that event. I'm super excited about that. 
And then the vault, the access to the videos for the Safer Spaces Summit. So all of that is updated in my website, which is heatherelizabeth.org. Go there and check out all of those links. And I am now going to go over to my blog where yesterday I finally, finally, finally took the time to put into a blog format this topic that I have been just kind of mulling over in my head for many, many months. And I hesitated to even try to tackle this topic because it's so huge. But I was like, you know what? I can at least begin. We can go with done over perfect and we can add to and edit this blog post as needed. But I am just going to read my blog post to you. And then we're going to go explore a couple of additional resources and links that I added to the blog post. So how do I choose a safe counselor or coach? My story is that I have had unsafe, harmful biblical counselor experience, and I have had unsafe, harmful, licensed counseling experience. So as with most things in life, I come from this background, this foundation, this platform of experience and a kind of a vast experience. So I've only, I think, had five counselors throughout my entire life. I had one as a young child. I had one at disclosure time. I had one uh, right before separation. I had one that was working with me and my boys during separation. And now I have, um, Now I have another therapist. So however many that is, that's what my experience has been. And so um, I'm coming from a place of saying I understand full well if you have some fear and trepidation in the selecting of a counselor. And I'm just here today to help empower you and equip you to know what to look for, to know what questions to ask, and to also know that you have the power to just walk away at any time if it feels unsafe, if it feels that you're not being validated, if it feels that you don't, if you feel that you're not being seen or heard, you are the consumer, you are the client. And just like any other business that you would support, that you would give your money to, you can get up and walk away if you're not feeling safe, seen, heard, and validated. So how do I choose a safe counselor or coach? If there is a question that I get asked almost every day, this is the one. I have hesitated to write about this because it is such a big question. Many of us have experienced secondary abuse from quote-unquote biblical counselors, so I will say, all caps, beware, beware, beware. I do not suggest asking a church leader for recommendations for counseling, and this is why. Many churches will push quote-unquote in-house quote-unquote counseling and will warn against, quote-unquote, secular counseling. Too often, the connection between the brain and the body is overlooked and spiritually bypassed. That is so important. I remember actually going to these um, events. I don't want to call out what they are because I don't want to specifically highlight where this happened. So they were these women's retreats. They would have them for women. They would have them for men. And I remember going and... There was a checklist we were given and we were to renounce all kinds of things that were satanic and occultic. And we were to check off all the things we had maybe participated in in the past. And right there on that list, 
was psychology and counseling of some sort. And I was stunned. I was absolutely floored and stunned that they would list that right along with giving um, satanic ritual abuse and giving offerings to Satan and sacrifices of animals and Ouija boards. Like it was listed right there with all those other things. And I mean, there were alarm bells going off inside my head, but we were so brainwashed at the time. We were so brainwashed to believe that going elsewhere for counseling and in the secular realm and in the secular world was occultic and satanic. I am just so alarmed, embarrassed, and shocked even now that that was listed right among all of the satanic things. I also remember a friend of mine sitting in the corner with her her back to the room. And she was like, her nose and her face was facing the corner. And she sat there for hours, you guys, hours trying to remember every single thing that she and her bloodline could have ever possibly done that would have been sinful and grievous to the Holy Spirit. I was, my heart was broken because I don't believe that that's how God works. I believe that God is merciful and just and graceful. And when we come to him and we say, God, please reveal to me anything of the past or anything in my family or in my bloodline that is unpleasing to you. Help me to break these chains, whatever. He's going to give it little by little, piece by piece. And our salvation is not contingent upon us knowing every single thing that we've ever done wrong or every single thing that our bloodline has ever done wrong. So I just want to take that pressure off of you. If you are constantly looking for, oh my gosh, X happened in my life, so it must be because I have unconfessed sin, or it must be because I have something in my bloodline, or I must have done something wrong or said something wrong, please take that pressure off yourself. Please, please. When we come to him and we confess our brokenness and we confess our sinfulness, we don't have to name every single thing that we've ever done wrong to be given grace. There's no way that any person could remember every single thing that they've ever done wrong. We come to him and we say, Jesus, I need you. I know that without you, I cannot have salvation. I know without you, I am lost. Without you, I am I'm just wandering around. Please forgive me of my sin. And if you want to reveal specific things to me that I need to confess, then I will confess them. But I also trust that your grace is greater. <laughs> your grace is so much greater than my ability to remember every single thing I've ever done wrong. And you are not going to send me to hell because of one unconfessed sin. So just be free. Be free. And as we go through this time together today, um, know that your counselor should operate very much like the Holy Spirit. There should be gentleness. There should be compassion. There should be space for your humanity. There should be space for your limitations. And so if you're going too hard and too fast and you're overwhelmed and you're in a constant state of dysregulation, I question whether that counselor is the right person for you. Um, you need to be given grace and space to take things at a pace that you are not overwhelmed. Is it going to be hard? Yes. Is it going to be work? Yes. But you should not be in a constant state of dysregulation. You should leave you should leave your counseling sessions very very regulated. Even if everything is not tied up in a beautiful bow and perfect and solved, you should still be able to face your days after you leave counseling. So, these are just a few thoughts that I had that then get added to some additional posts from some people that I appreciate their content. Will every single point be touched on? Will every single thing that you need to look for be answered here? No, because everyone is in an individual. 
Everyone has a specific thing that they're needing and they're looking for. These are just things to consider. If it's not for you, just mark it off the list and be like, eh, I don't care about that. But if it is for you, know that these are things that you can be looking for. So my first point is that counselors are human. They are not God. They are fallible. And they are not all-knowing. Look for humility. Watch for their response when you suggest a resource or you share what you are learning in groups like Held and Healed. Ask if they are pursuing their own therapy. I would be very leery of any counselor who doesn't also have a counselor. So counselors are human. Please remember that. My next point, excuse me. You are the client, you are the consumer. And I've already touched on this, but I'm just going to read what I wrote. You get to choose who you work with, ask questions, and interview your potential counselor before you decide. You can walk away at any time if you feel unsafe, unheard, or dissatisfied. If your counselor is licensed and they do anything that causes you to feel unsafe, you can report them. Ask for the contact information for that reporting up front. I've actually only had one counselor ever give me that information. They have to be licensed before you can report them to the licensing board. But that's really important to know. So if you are pursuing like a life coach, another type of coach, this is not going to be the case because there's not the same um, accountability. I love coaches. There are a lot of really good coaches, but you have to understand that there is not the same um, accountability for coaches that there is for counselors. So again, you have the right to just walk away. If you're working with a coach and it just, you've learned kind of all you can learn and you feel like you, that ship has sailed and you, you don't have to keep paying them. You don't have to keep on. I myself am a coach, but I also know my lane. There are certain topics that I feel strong and I feel confident that I can help people with. And then there are other things that I will always refer them elsewhere. The next point, do not attend counseling with an abuser. Let me say that again, because I can't say this enough. Do not attend counseling with an abuser, period. There are 13 patterns and systems of abuse. If you are not familiar with them, refer back to the podcast where I, I tackle that. Also, this blog post will be linked in the show notes. So you can go and click on the link. It says read more here. Get very familiar with those 13 patterns and systems of abuse. If you are experiencing any or all of these, do not agree to counseling with an abuser. All caps. Do not agree to counseling with an abuser. It's unwise, unsafe, and unethical. If your counselor understands abuse and trauma, they will not even suggest this. And then my next point is do they offer more than just talk therapy? So what I have come to understand is that when we are replaying trauma and we are telling our stories, we are often going to be re-traumatized. And sometimes talk therapy is actually detrimental. So you need to ask a counselor up front, do you offer more than just talk therapy? Yes, of course you want to get your story the base is out there so that your therapist knows what we are dealing with. But do they offer things like EMDR, somatic therapy, tapping, nervous system regulation? Do they give you tools that you can then take home and use to help yourself get regulated? You do not want a therapist who has to be on speed dial. You do not want a therapist who you are completely dependent upon. You want to learn to have these tools so that you can take care of yourself in those situations when you're on your own. 
So do they offer things like EMDR, somatic therapy, tapping, nervous system regulation. There are a whole lot of other modalities that I haven't even mentioned. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you want to know that up front. Then you want to ask this question. Are they abuse and trauma specialized? So in previous episodes, I have said abuse and trauma informed. But I realize that is kind of a loose term. And it may be kind of hard to define and to determine what does that mean. Someone can say, (coughs) excuse me, this is just allergies, you guys. And I'm so sorry. I had a big old sneezing fit right before I went on um, and pushed record. And I was like, please behave because I want to record this morning. So I have come to realize that when I ask someone, are you abuse or trauma informed, they can just say yes because they know abuse exists and they know trauma exists, but that may not mean that they're specialized and trained. So then you can ask more specifically, what certifications and trainings do you have? And so this is really important and this goes back to the previous point about other specialized Uh, modalities and treatments and therapies. So um, I am completely baffled and completely floored by how few counselors are trained in trauma, how few counselors understand the patterns and the systems of abuse or the Duluth power and control wheel, how few counselors would ever even drop the term nervous system regulation. So if I am on my sixth therapist, and this is the first and only therapist that has ever mentioned nervous system regulation. That's, that's sad to me. That's sad. And as I was talking to them the other day, I was like, why do you think this is? Like, what do you think all this time that people are spent, you know, spending in, in getting their education, going to school to become a licensed therapist, what are they talking about? And she said, they're talking about theory, And we're like, well, theory is not getting us anywhere in our regulation. Theory is not getting us anywhere in our coping skills. Theory is theory. And we decided that day that theory is to therapy what theology is to religion. I don't need a whole lot of theory and I don't need a whole lot of theology. I need some boots on the ground practical tools for navigating this thing called life. And so... I just encourage you to find a counselor or a coach who has real practical application instead of just a bunch of head knowledge, a bunch of theory. All right, so there are so many more things to consider when you're choosing a safe counselor or coach. So here are some other things that you may want to look into. And this is from a blog post that Sarah McDougall wrote back in July 16 of 2021. So these are seven questions to ask a new counselor before you waste your money. This is really important stuff. So I didn't need to reinvent the wheel. I didn't need to write everything that she wrote because she's got it here. So number one, what is your training in trauma and domestic violence? We already touched on that. Super important. She says, you're looking for someone who is familiar with the tools and the patterns of abuse, not merely physical domestic violence. They need to express comprehension of psychological and emotional trauma, spiritual abuse, and the damage that can be done by misusing power and control. Ask how often they see abusers truly experience lasting change. That answer is roughly one in 10. Now, 
Again, that number I think is one in 10 of people who come forward and ask for help, not one in 10 abusers. Very big distinct difference and distinction. Her second point is what is your philosophy on betrayal trauma? Any therapist who downplays the trauma caused by infidelity or porn addiction isn't a safe choice. Porn use is abuse. Porn use is adultery. To diminish the impact is to perpetuate double abuse and enable sexual exploitation to continue. Ask which books they recommend for betrayal spouse, betrayed spouses to read. Do they believe structured separation can be helpful? The answer should be yes. Okay? Third point in Sarah's blog. How do you define genuine repentance? What do you look for? If a counselor or a therapist emphasizes your need to forgive rather than the abuser's need to become safe, keep looking for someone else. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't work toward forgiveness at the right time. Ask what their criteria are for assessing real repentance. How long do they think you should wait to see it proven? Compare their responses to the seven traits of a repentant abuser outlined in the Psalm 82 initiative here article here and she references that amazing article that I mentioned time and time again from Psalm 82. Incredible. Um, It really outlines what repentance, true repentance looks like and the steps that need to be taken. Number four, you're asking this potential counselor, what is your perspective on forgiveness and reconciliation? Any therapist who equates forgiveness with the need for trust, reconciliation, or restoration is going to be focused on repairing the relationship rather than addressing the abuse or guiding you toward individual healing. You want a counselor who is going to focus their attention on what you what will help you to heal, not on sending you back into danger. Your therapist should recognize their limitations and not try to play God with your safety. I cannot say enough about number four. Forgiveness and reconciliation is not the top priority. Your safety and your healing, your sanity are top priorities. Number five, what is their criteria for biblically acceptable divorce? So this you're going to run into more with your quote-unquote Christian counselors or quote-unquote biblical counselors. Look for someone who does not limit your justification to merely, their justification to merely physical sexual adultery as a biblical reason for the end of marriage. Abuse, abandonment, sexual addiction, child molestation, physical assault, all of these violate the marriage covenant and misrepresent the love of Christ in a marital relationship. For more biblical study on this topic, she references a video. Super, super important to know if they're going to be pushing you to uh, reconcile or to only separate and not divorce based on this point. Please, please bear this in mind. Number six, ask, do you adhere to the codependency model or the trauma model for sex at a addict spouses. According to more than 10,000 hours of research, Dr. Barbara Steffens and Marsha Means in the book, See Your Sexually Addicted Spouse, as well as data from Betrayal Trauma Recovery, the codependency model is typically misapplied to survivors of domestic violence and betrayal trauma. A therapist who promotes the codependent label is, even if unwittingly, promoting outdated research. So we actually are doing away with the term codependent. 
because it can be extremely victim blaming, victim shaming. And we are looking at the term coercive. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I could look that up later. I do have a post about this in Held and Healed, but there is another term that we are replacing codependent with so that we are not blaming victims for the actions and the behaviors of the abuser. Number seven, which experts or authors on domestic violence, betrayal, trauma, and post-separation trauma do you most align with? So she then gives suggestions. So you just want to kind of, if they're giving book references for people who are super into um, toxic patriarchy, if they are totally pushing the headship model, if they are putting men over women and saying, submit, 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 regardless of how he treats you, if they are saying, forgive, 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 and never holding the, um, the, (laughs) sorry, the abuser to account, like you want to be extremely careful. Also over in Held and Healed, I have a very long growing list of harmful books and harmful teachers and authors and leaders that are out there. And I'm not quite ready to make that public because there will be backlash to that. But that's just a perk of being part of the group where you can read the women's experiences with different books, authors. So she suggests some experts and researchers such as Dr. Jacqueline Campbell with the John, Johns Hopkins School of Nursing, Omar Manuel with the Institute for Sexual Health, Dr. Barbara Steffens with the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, Betrayal Trauma Recovery, that's a podcast, also a um, Facebook page and an Instagram account. Dr. Joanne Mayer, I think, M-E-I-E-R, with Georgia Washington University. And then faith-based, if they are faith-based, ask if they follow groups like Grace, um, Psalm 82 Initiative, Bear Marriage Podcast, and of course, Wild and other groups that are like that, okay? So that is Sarah's post that I wanted to reference. And then Gretchen Baskerville has um, marriage counseling in abusive situations is unethical. And there's a blog post that I reference. And you can simply go to the show notes, grab that, and you can read that link. Um, To love, honor, and vacuum which is the bare marriage. It's going to be switching over Sheila Ray Gregoire. She has 10 questions to ask biblical counselors to make sure they're safe. And let me just grab a couple of these because some of these are going to, they're going to double up and overlap with what we've already shared, but I wanted to see if there's some different ones. Um, What is your education? Again, we've already talked about that. Can you tell me your policies for confidentiality? Ooh, that's an important one. Absolutely. So again, for people who are not licensed, this is not necessarily a requirement. And so you want to make sure that what you're sharing with this person stays with them. And those who are not licensed don't have the legal um, bond to do that just as much as the licensed people. What makes you different from a non-biblical counselor? So that's a question that you can ask. We believe that the Bible provides through guidance and instructions Okay, she says, listen to their reasons for pursuing biblical counseling instead of going the accredited right route. And then she gives like reasons that people say. So you just want to make sure that they give examples of secular um, psychiatry and psychology, or do they reject that? Do they accept the concept of mental illness, of boundaries, of, of cognitive behavioral therapy, or are they just like, 
you know, giving you the, the sign of nixing that, um, that that's an alarming thing if they are not acknowledging mental health and the brain body connection. Number four, what role do you think demons play in psychological disorders? What is your opinion on the use of antidepressants or other psychiatric meds? Number five, do I have your blessing to follow the advice of other professionals? Now that's a big one. Um, if they only want you to work with them and not have other means of therapy, that's, that's a red flag. What is your definition of submission in marriage? What should a wife do if she feels that her husband is ignoring her legitimate needs? Mm-hmm. You're going to get a feel for people when you ask this. Number seven, can you tell me a time when you've recommended that someone leave a marriage? If there hasn't been such a time, when would you recommend that? So you want to make sure that they are not saying you are to stay forever, regardless of what's happening. If a counselor, a marriage counselor, a pastor says you can never use the word divorce, that is a huge red flag. Number eight, what do you think emotional abuse is? Can you tell me an example of an emotionally abusive relationship? Number nine, what do you think of Henry Cloud and John Townsend's book, Boundaries? So you're going to get a feel. Have they read it? Do they believe boundaries are acceptable and necessary? And number 10, what are your favorite marriage books? Again, you're going to get a really good idea of who these people are. And if they start mentioning these toxic, harmful books, run, 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 run. There is a connection to mending the soul. And I'm also going to go back. Oh, here it is. There is a video intro where you can meet my friend, Andy Sozo, and we are discussing just more in depth what to look for in choosing a counselor. And that content can be accessed through the Held and Healed Haven. So we do a little short in- intro video that you can watch that's attached to this blog post. And then if you want more in depth and you want to hear that conversation from someone who knows her stuff <laughs> when it comes to mental health resources, um, you can jump into the Held and Healed ha- Haven and have access to that. And I'm trying to think, it seems like there was something else I was going to reference. So these are just some things to consider. These are not all things. Um, as I think of other things that I failed to maybe put in here or mention, um, I will go back and just add them to the blog post. That's what I love about technology is that you can do that. And real quick while I'm thinking about it, I'm going to go into Held and Healed. And I am going to find that word that we are using now in place of codependency because we want to be willing to learn and evolve and grow and change and say, I do not know everything. No one except God does. That's just a fact, y'all. And anybody who is acting like they do know everything, um, run because that's not safe. That's not safe. It is called coercive conditioning. So instead of trauma bonding, we are now going to be using the word coercive conditioning. And this is a um, a post that Sarah McDougal wrote on July the 10th, just last week. She said, we hear a lot about trauma bonds. And often it seems to make sense and describe what we've been through. However, many times when the term is used, it ends up subconsciously placing the blame on the victim for becoming bonded rather than on the abuser for manipulating the victim's tethering. 
So again, we want to put blame where it should be put and placed and not in the wrong place. We prefer to call it coercive conditioning, where it isn't necessarily that she's bonded to him, but rather conditioned by him and perhaps by other outside factors such as upbringing, religious teaching, etc., toward an obligation to resolve her cognitive dissonance through self-blame when others mistreat her and to take responsibility for all or, or nearly all the emotional labor due to her role as a woman under the authority. So trauma bond, we're going to re- replace that and reframe that trauma bonding with co- coercive conditioning. And we're going to put the responsibility onto the abuser and not onto the victim. So I love, love learning from all of these amazing people who are constantly digging deeper and maybe a term or a word that we used six months ago, we have said, you know what, that's actually harmful. And I am willing to go back and say, now, I'm sorry that I used that term. And instead, let's replace it with coercive conditioning. So I hope that this has been helpful. Um, Speaking to anyone who has had traumatic experiences with counselors or coaches, I get it. (sighs) I understand the hesitation. I understand the triggers, and the desire to run away from. So maybe you're in a place right now where you have trauma associated with counselors and or you do not have finances to pursue counseling. I encourage you to do a couple of things. Get into Held and Healed. Get into other groups that are similar to Held and Healed that are constantly offering resources and solutions, okay? So we don't just come here to say, here's the problem. We come to Held and Healed to say, here's the problem, now let's find the solution. And resource upon resource and modalities and therapies and options and alternatives are going to be offered to you inside this group. So go and take advantage of all the free resources that are out there. And I am going to be growing inside of Held and Healed, the guide that is about self-regulation. I'm going to be growing that and adding more and more content. So you can just click on that guide, go in there, and there will be five and eventually 10 and eventually 20 different things that you can explore and try to learn how to regulate your nervous system. I want you to have tools. So maybe right now is not the time for you to be able to afford counseling. I get it. Maybe you cannot even afford group coaching, but I do offer that because it is so financially um, reasonable. I have chosen not to use the word affordable because if you don't have $10, you don't have $10. If you don't have $37, you don't have it. So I want to keep my prices reasonable so that more and more people can access the content. And sometimes just coming into a group and expressing where you are and a specific thing that you are facing and having me as your coach walk through that with you is so beneficial. And it would cost a fraction of the price of counseling. It is not meant, not intended to take the place of good quality, licensed and specialized counseling. Never, never in a million years would I say that these things are meant to take that place. But sometimes they can just be a not a buffer. They can be um, something to just kind of hold you over till you get to that place where you can afford counseling. And I believe that with application 
of the tools given, with application of the knowledge that is presented, there is a lot of power and there can be a lot of growth and healing that takes place. So I invite you, if you have not already joined Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse, please join us over on Facebook, Women Only. If you would like to follow my personal account, um, it's Heather Elizabeth, and I share about once or twice a day there. So if you are a man or if you are a woman and it's not safe for you to enter into our group just yet, I do encourage you to follow me at Heather Elizabeth because you'll still get a lot of good content and your abuser will not necessarily know that you're part of a group where you're learning about abuse and recovery. And if you are ready to jump into the next level, be a part of a smaller group, an intimate group, um, have more tools at your disposal, access to more resources, please get into the Held and Healed Haven. You can go ahead and join at any time. It does not matter what time of the month. It will just automatically renew um, monthly unless you go back and cancel it. And you will be a part of a smaller, more intimate community. If you are a leader and you would like 10 to 12 hours of content to teach you about the realities of abuse within faith communities, stories of survivors, and then give you practical solutions for how to address abuse within your um, communities, please get access to the Safer Spaces Summit that is designed with helpers in mind. And if you are local, close by, or within a state or two of Virginia and would like to join us for the September retreat, please get your space reserved. So, so many good things coming and opportunities to grow, to learn, to heal. We encourage, equip, empower, and give you tools to grow. So my prayer today is that you will feel held even as you are being healed. Blessings. Mm -hmm.